I think it's about building these little relationships with each and every person that like messages you or comments and acknowledging it. Your first few followers are the most important. It's the same thing how if you go into a restaurant, like say a new restaurant opens, the first few customers are the most important customers because they're the ones that are going to experience everything that you're providing for the first time. And if they have a good experience, They're going to do something called word of mouth marketing, which means they're literally going to tell their friends. So say Sally comes into your restaurant and she has a great time. She's going to go tell Annie and she's going to go tell Maria and Sarah about her good experience at this restaurant and how they should come to this restaurant. And then those people are going to come and they're going to have a good experience too. And then they're going to spread a word and it keeps reaching more and more people. So Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing? I know I've been off for a month now and I'm so excited to be back chatting with you guys. This week I do have a guest, but next week I will do a solo episode updating you all, all about my trip, about the bar exam, about what I'm up to now, what the next few months in my life is going to look like and I can't wait to share that with all of you. But I definitely want to make this a really short intro so we can jump right in to my guests because I have so many incredible episodes coming up and I can't wait to be back to recording new episodes for you guys. And I really want to shake things up. So I will be starting a YouTube channel in the foreseeable future. So I'm not going to be doing as many long wordy personalized intros anymore i'm going to move that to my youtube channel and i'm going to bring you guys shorter more succinct intros so we can focus on the guests and bringing value to you guys i hope you guys like that um but yeah how are you i can't believe it's already september where has the time gone but i'm also really excited that it's i'm not super ready for fall yet because i feel like i didn't really get much of a summer but I'm just really excited for this next chapter of my life and the person I'm becoming and the evolution of my content and my life and I want to know how you guys are feeling. Are you feeling that too? Is there something in the air? Is it just me? I feel like this is a time for growth and transformation for everybody because for the first time in the last few years, I think we're finally all out of the pandemic and we're back to work we're back to school in person and we're really just figuring out our new normal. So I feel like it's a a unique time in the world for everybody and I'm honestly just really excited. But yeah, I want to do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then I'll introduce my guest. So a suck of the week is that honestly, I feel kind of bittersweet. Like it's like the first time in my life that I'm not back to school. I love the back to school shopping, getting new school supplies, new clothes, a new backpack meeting new people, meeting my professors, textbooks, as weird as that sounds and as expensive as law school textbooks are. I love the newness of a new school year and it's kind of sad not getting that. But that's it's just bittersweet that, you know, I don't have school anymore, but I'm also really excited for being able to build my routines and build my day how I want to on my terms, my schedule. I start work next week and I'm so excited to get my calendar and just see how I want to organize things and rearrange my life and I'm just I don't know I'm it's like a weird like giddy feeling and like we've talked about productivity and how I manage my life on the podcast and on my blog kaylamoranblog.com so you know I love all that stuff and I will definitely be doing an updated uh, blog post 
possibly YouTube video and do a podcast episode on all of that once I kind of get a handle on my schedule and what that's going to look like. But yeah, so bittersweet not being back to school, but really excited to start my career as an influencer marketing consultant and attorney. And I can't wait to tell you guys all about what that's going to look like in the next few months um, in next week's episode. And my suite of the week is I'm so happy to be back in Miami. Like, Europe was amazing, and we'll talk all about that next week too, and I loved my trip, and you know, I just, I love traveling, I love immersing myself in the culture, meeting new people, all of that, but I've missed just having my own space and routine, and I love all that. I just, I love, I'm, a, I'm, I'm definitely an extroverted introvert, I'm a homebody when I want to be, and it just, by the end of my trip, I was really looking forward to being home. And you guys know for months, all I wanted was to be back in Miami, back home, be surrounded by my people, culture, the life that I wanted. And I'm just really excited to finally be in that. And like, I got lunch with a friend today just because we caught up, went to one of my favorite coffee shops, went to the bookstore, got a new book to read. I'm going to be starting a book club. So go join the book club on my Geneva home at the link in the show notes or you can find it on my Instagram bio as well. And yeah, I just, I don't know, it feels really good to be back in Miami. So that's my suite of the week. And yeah, let me know what's one thing you guys are really looking forward to this month, this season of your life. You know, I used to do a segment, what's one thing you did today that your future self will thank you for? And just getting back into my routine and reconnecting with friends and waking up early, honestly, my future self will thank me for waking up early today and just going after my day and doing what I want. And, you know, I'm doing some emails. I'm doing this episode. I'm doing laundry. I made my bed, even though I didn't do it right when I woke up, like I usually do. I've been slacking since I've been home because I'm just, I'm so exhausted, still catching up on sleep from my trip, you know, running errands, doing things for my mom. I have to finish unpacking boxes from when I first moved home so we can set up my office. Like, all of that just makes me really happy and getting a good start to my day an early start was just just what I needed to to jump back into my routine so my future self will definitely thank me for getting back into my routine today and that's something that I definitely want to work on in the next couple of weeks just building my routine and definitely finding a way to get movement in whether it's in the morning or like a lunch break type situation or after work um but yeah and I just I've been talking to friends more going planning events, planning activities that we're going to do. And that's something that I'm really excited for. And my future self will make me for just jumping right back into the lifestyle that I want and making the the connections and the calls and the texts to, to get there. So yeah, let me know what's something that your future self will thank you for that you did today or this week. What are you really excited for this season? Let me know in the comments of the latest post on at the Let's Get Candid podcast or on my Instagram, shoot me a DM or let me know in the Geneva home, however you want to do it. Just come chat with me. I I can't wait to connect with you guys. You know that community and connection is really important to me and I can't wait to build that with all of you in the next few months. But this week's guest is really exciting. She is Alana Bloomberg. If you don't follow her, you totally should. She has her own podcast, The Morning Ray Podcast. I will link it in the show notes so you can check it out. She is super into wellness, health. She is from Toronto, which is a city I've never been to. And we talk a lot about Toronto living and comparing it to New York. And it's just definitely a place that I'm dying to visit. So we talk a little bit about that. And she is 
honestly she's just really cool and i look up to her so much living on her own building up her routines her wellness routine and journaling and meditation and she's one of the girls that really inspired me to build those into my routines so i'm really excited that i got to have her on and chat with her for you guys she also works in marketing and she's just super creative and honestly she just has a really cool vibe and style and i i i love it so i hope you guys like her too if you don't already follow her before we jump right into the episode, I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening. As always, it really does mean the world to me. I can't believe we are almost at a year. In like two weeks, we'll be at a year of the Let's Get Candid podcast. It's so fucking crazy. Oops, sorry, probably shouldn't have cursed, but I'm just really excited and really happy because this podcast has changed so much for me and has really helped me grow into who I am. You know that. And if you go back and listen to my first episode, which if you haven't already listened, then don't go back and listen now it's rough um but if you do let me know what you think and how far i've grown um and i hope you've grown along with me so thank you guys so much and if you liked it please leave a rating and review please subscribe and follow along to the show whether you're listening on apple or spotify send it to a friend share it on your stories tag me when you're listening tag our guests make sure you show some love it's the best way to grow the show join our geneva home and come chat with me come meet other like-minded women and people and this is your community i want this to be for you guys and create the episodes talk to the guests have the conversations the topics that you guys want to hear so please come chat with me let me know what you guys want to see on or hear on the podcast in the next year and i'm just really freaking excited to be on this journey with you guys so thank you so so much for listening and meet alana hi alana how are you i'm good how are you i'm doing okay so I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. You are a recent follow of mine, but someone I've really been enjoying following and I really look up to. I discovered you actually through Kayla, Be Well with Kayla, and found your podcast through her. And I really am dying to just pick your brain on how you went from Lanny B. Fit to now Alana on social media. But before we dive in, What's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? That I'm actually can be really introverted and shy. I feel like I'm very outgoing on my socials and I've grown to become a much more outgoing person, but I actually am really shy and struggle with social anxiety a lot. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely would not have gotten that from you. It's funny you say that though, because I think people, I was actually just watching the D'Amelio show and something one of them said it's like you know we're like influencers are super nice online and like we're super extroverted and we're all these things but in reality like we're only showing the good parts you know it's a highlight reel and there's so much of our lives that you don't get to see even though you think we're sharing everything and Mm -hmm. for me I'm an extroverted introvert so I'm super social and I need social interaction I need to be around people and I love talking to people but at the same time there's days where I'm just like I don't want to see a human being. But then there's other days where I've been too isolated that now I'm crawling up a wall like, okay, I need people. So it's it's funny. And then for you, the social anxiety aspect is a complete opposite of that. Can you explain social anxiety for people who don't know what that is? Yeah, so obviously it's like different for each individual person. But when I was younger, I really hated going somewhere without my mom. Like I was the kid that would literally grab onto my mom's leg and like hide behind her leg. I'd eventually like open up and like once I was like comfortable, I would be fine to go off on my own. But that's like what I remember as a child before like social events like parties in high school 
um, I'd get really anxious and I'd have panic attacks um, before going because I would be anxious about like what could happen like what if I don't have anything to say or like what if no one wants to talk to me even when it came to like hanging out with guys like I remember in grade nine and grade 10 like I really liked boys like I've always really liked boys and like been a flirt but I would be really scared to like actually hang out with a guy because I would freak out like what am I gonna say like what if I say something weird like what if there's nothing like what if we run out of things to say and it's just like this fear of like surrounding conversation and fear of having to go up to someone and introduce yourself I feel like I've gone on much better in being social and confident in my social interactions as I've gotten older but it's definitely something that is still like a thought that's there obviously you can't always like totally overcome like previous thought patterns are always going to be there but I feel like I've definitely gotten a lot better and now I can go to parties and I'm not anxious before and I can go up to um like before ordering at a restaurant was like the scariest thing in the world for me and now I can do it so confidently and at the nail salon I would be scared to like say I don't like what you're doing the nail salon is always a weird place (laughs) even even me who is a fairly confident person I I can tell them a million times and they they're not going to listen because they they have this thing in their head and I never am happy ever when I get my nails done ever 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 I always find I'm so nitpicky and I tell them and they still don't listen so I'm like I just I've given up telling them yeah but now I would never like say anything and now like if I'm like don't like something I'll have them like redo it and obviously like there's a way to ask and there's a time and a place but that's like social anxiety in a nutshell nutshell and like that's like kind of like my growth progress like I'm definitely not as socially anxious but there are periods of times where I do get anxious yeah I think and we were talking about this off air I think anxiety sometimes can actually be a really good thing it can Mm -hmm. teach you a lot it can really help you it can be it doesn't have to always be so scary but there are times or degrees of it where it is really it can be and it does get really debilitating but you know I think it's funny I was i always been very independent and I didn't want Mm -hmm. my parents around. So I was the opposite. But looking back now, I'm like, I wish I wasn't so independent all the time because now I don't have a support system. I don't have people around me because I was so, I standoffish and I put, push people away. So it's the opposite. I think sometimes, you know, you wish you would have been more independent and I wish I would have been maybe a little more dependent, not to be too codependent or, you know, afraid, Mm -hmm. but, and like with the, partying and like boys and stuff I have always been a flirt and I'm cool talking to guys it's never been weird for me like not in a dating sense that's a whole nother story we'll get to that (laughs) but like just guy friends I've always had guy friends but I didn't know how to talk to girls I would not go to parties or anything in school I didn't have friends in high school because girls did not like me and I didn't know how to break that barrier and like get them to talk to me I didn't know why so that's funny that you brought that up because for me, like it was a very different experience of just, I wanted to talk to people. I, I had no problems with it, but like, they didn't seem to want to talk to me. So I thought that was interesting. But with wellness, you and mental health, which is kind of what we're talking about, you are very open about that online. And you actually started your social media account being a fitness influencer Lanny B fit. Why did you choose fitness to be your niche? Or was it, was it a conscious choice or was it like, that was just like, all right, I'm like good at it. Like might as well try, like try different things. And that's the one that stuck. Like, how did you become Lanny B fit? I really started my Instagram on a whim. A lot of my friends in like first year of university were starting like these health conscious, like foodie accounts, um, also showing like workouts and such. 
and I had always wanted to start a YouTube channel, but my parents never let me. And then I didn't really have the guts to do it at first. Like, you know, like grade 12, grade 11, first year, like you really value what other people think of you and what your peers see of you. And that was just not in the books, but an Instagram seemed like a safe, like middle ground. And so I started that I was looking for a way to stay active in first year. I had just quit dancing competitively when I went to university. I was starting to discover the gym. I didn't really know what to do in there. I started doing Kayla Cena's BBG, like from the sweat app and everything. At that point, I was doing it on like the vintage like PDF books um, that she had before she even had the app. But it wasn't strategic at all. It was I've always been an active person and I've always been intrigued by a healthier lifestyle. And I followed a lot of girls that posted fitness content. And I was very, really involved as a consumer of all those fitness and health accounts. And so I was like, maybe I'll try this. I really did want like fashion and beauty because that's what I grew up watching on YouTube, like Bethany Moda and Claudia Saluski and Lauren Elizabeth and Beauty Baby 44 and um, Amanda Steele when she was like Makeup by Mandy. Like I watched all those girls and that's what I initially wanted to do, but it felt so much more possible to do like health and wellness and like fitness, um, especially because I also loved cooking and that I would predominantly showed what I was cooking at the beginning. That's so funny. I was a competitive dancer growing up my entire life too, but I never got into the the gym and like fitness. Like even now I struggle so much to work out. I've just started doing Melissa Wood Health and I'm like, okay, that's more doable for me because it's it's low impact. It's a more mm-hmm. feel good movement. But like the idea of a gym was so daunting to me. And I remember in college, I would make my like the, my, the guys that I was friends with, the fraternity mm-hmm. guys, I would go with them. I would make them take me because I didn't want guys to bother me at the gym. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't want to be approached. And I wanted them to teach me how to do. And I would go two or three times every semester. And then I would quit because it just wasn't, (laughs) I didn't like it. So it's really funny that that was the, that was how you transitioned out of being a competitive dancer. One day, maybe I'll get more into it. I really want to be into it, but actually that's a good question for people who want to get into wellness and fitness, but don't really know how, or they are so scared. What advice do you have? What are easy ways to jump into fitness? Well, my first tip is if you're scared of the gym or going to a fitness studio because you're scared of what other people there might think of you in terms of what you're doing or what you're wearing or how your body looks compared to theirs, they're all too conceited. They're all focused on themselves and they're too busy focused on their workout or how they look and what they're doing to pay any attention to you. I'm very sorry. You're not going to be the star of the show walking in there. Just know that whenever you're going to a gym or a fitness studio, everyone's focused on themselves and they're there to better themselves. So don't worry about fear of judgment of others. My biggest tip for getting into routine with working out and being active on a consistent basis is either doing a fitness program. So whether it be like a PDF that you're buying online or a PDF that you make for yourself or a trainer makes for yourself, or maybe it's an app with a workout program, or maybe you've decided to join a specific fitness studio and you're signing up for specific classes and making a schedule for yourself. Those are the best ways to stay accountable. Those are the only reasons why I can confidently say that I've transitioned from dance into working out consistently, because if I didn't have a workout program to follow, I think I would not be working out. I don't think I would be consistent at all. I think I would go through waves 
of like working out and not working out. When you have a plan, you see a start and a finish. It's laid out for you very much like how a dance class is laid out for you. You just go and you don't have to think. And that's also why I love group fitness because the teacher has done all the work. You just have to show up and then put in your part, but they've thought about what's going to go on and when it's going to happen. Um, so really lean into fitness plans or your local fitness studios. And it may not be the first one that you try that you like. I've tried a million one different workout classes and workout programs, and I don't always like them. And maybe I like them for a week, but then I get bored or maybe I like them for a month. And then I realize I don't really like this type of movement. So it's trial and error. Maybe you like Pilates. Maybe you like doing reformer Pilates. Maybe you like doing kickboxing. Maybe it's spin. Maybe you like rock climbing. A lot of people are into rock climbing. Maybe you like swimming. So maybe you get a membership at a gym that has a pool and you go and swim laps. Maybe you really just like walking. So you're going to go on your hot girl walk and you're going to plan that walk every day. Maybe you really want to challenge yourself and start running. So you download the Nike Run Club app and you follow their guided programs. There's something for everyone. And you also don't just have to pick one. I love switching out my workouts. I've done everything from F45 to Legree to just going to the gym and doing like a weightlifting program to doing HIT to doing spin. There's so many different options and you can even do all that in a week. Like if you go to a studio, say in like Toronto, like Sweat and Tonic, where they have hot Pilates, they have HIT classes, they have spin, you can do a little bit of everything and it keeps it really exciting for you. I think that was my issue. Like what you said about, having a workout program right when you were transitioning I didn't know any better I didn't know to do that and I think that was the hardest thing because it's taken me like six seven years since I finished dancing professional or not professionally competitively to really discover okay I do want to do fitness and I do want to move my body and it feels good and I'll find myself dancing around the kitchen while I'm making dinner Mm -hmm. but that was all I had that was the only movement or like the sorority dance competitions in college like I didn't I think the program is a really great tip. And with doing, I agree, I think doing different types of programs, not just sticking to one and trying different things, but how do you afford having multiple programs if there's like apps or subscription base or gym memberships? Like there are some gyms, like the one you said, that do have like multiple types of things, but if they don't live in a city where that's an option or they don't want to do gyms, that they want to do it at home, how do you look for do you look for deals or how do you find ways to do multiple types of movement all in one week or one program so a lot of cities have a thing called class pass where essentially you pay class pass for I think it's like credits or points or whatever um you pay them money and then you're able to use that at a variety of different studios opposed to being locked into a membership at just the spin studio or just at kickboxing. So that's a super affordable way to be able to attend all these classes. Another thing that I like to do is maybe I pay for like an, a subscription to the sweat app, for example, on the sweat app, there's so many different programs that I can do. At, and then I pay for like a gym membership or I'm working out at my, in my basement, whatever it is. There's so many different types of workouts on that one subscription. There's everything from hit to weightlifting to Pilates to yoga, and you're able to select a program, but then they also give you the option to then select like single workouts from different programs. Um, So there's like little hacks like that, or maybe you're paying for one subscription, but then you're using the free resources online. So many fitness 
influencers post workouts on Instagram, on TikTok. There's workout plans on Pinterest. There's videos on YouTube. There's so many different things. There's also free weekly trials that you can trial. There's so many different ways to make it budget friendly. Yeah, those are some good tips. I agree. I like having... I've been doing more of, especially during the pandemic, like at the very, very beginning when everyone was like doing workout lives. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can do those. And those are a lot more difficult to do now because I'm back to school. But following like the free, like the reels that people do or TikToks or they're, when they post them on YouTube or I remember doing a couple of Pinterest ones a few times too. But yeah, that's a good tip. How did you start transitioning out of your niche? Because you were very heavily into a niche for the first, when did you start actually? I started in January, 2018. So I've been doing this for four years, Yeah, which is like crazy to me. Yeah, like, you started, um, we started around the same time. I started my blog around February, 2018. And then it kind of has fallen in and out like, consistency and now is when I'm really doing it the last year but when did you start transitioning away from the just fitness niche and was that a conscious effort or you were just like I'm ready to you know or people were wanting it or you were just like I'm gonna stop doing just as I want to introduce other aspects of my life so I feel like my page started off as a fitness page like I would classify it as like the typical like OG fitness page that you would see And then I want to say a year and a half into two years in, I started to transition into more of a wellness approach. Um, This was like in the Kenzie Burke food combining era. I found myself looking at wellness, like at wellness instead of fitness. So health as a whole, including mind, body, soul, um, nutrition, et cetera. So that I transitioned into that. And that's like when more lifestyle things started to trickle in because wellness for me was no longer just working out and what I was eating. It was also my morning routine, the things that I was doing to make myself feel better, journaling, sharing like skincare products that I like. I think I slowly transitioned into becoming more lifestyle within the past two years, like throughout the pandemic, because like I mentioned a little bit before at the beginning of this episode, I grew up watching beauty gurus and fashion YouTubers, and that's what I initially wanted to get into. I initially wanted my career to be in like high-end fashion marketing. So I've always had these passions for fashion and beauty. I just started to feel more comfortable with sharing that online. And I would post like an outfit and people would start asking me where my pieces were from, or I'd post a selfie and people would be like, oh my God, what's your skincare routine? Like your skin is glowing, blah, 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 blah. So then I would start sharing that because people started asking me. And when I started getting questions about these things, I'm like, okay, my followers, my community is interested in more things than what I'm moving and how I'm moving and what I'm eating. Um, so it was very like slow. Um, and natural that I transitioned into being more lifestyle. I think that happens to a lot of creators. As you become more comfortable online, you become more comfortable with sharing more parts of your life opposed to just certain areas. And I was getting a lot of positive feedback from my followers and new followers coming onto my page. So I wouldn't say it was necessarily like an intentional thing. I wasn't like, I'm going to start doing lifestyle content. It was kind of just over time I noticed I was starting to share more and more parts of my life, making it more lifestyle content. And then I just decided when I was like doing an audit, so like overlooking my whole brand, 
that I was no longer a fitness page. I was a health, wellness, and lifestyle page. Yeah. I think that's more important. That's, or that's super important to know. And I think it's better that way, honestly, to do it just naturally. And, you know, they say there's so much out there now, like you have to niche down, you have to niche down. And I want to get your like opinion on that, whether you think that that was the right move for you. And did that help you get to where you are now community, like engagement wise, but just, it's super important to build that community and you're going to grow naturally by feeding the audience you currently do have, letting them tell you what they want, but also making sure you're doing what you want to post and creating the content you want to see that makes you feel good. So I think it's twofold, but yeah, do you think niching, starting very niche at the beginning helped you get to where you are, helped you grow or would you go back and start just posting everything that you are now? Like if you had to start over, would you do it again the same way? I think I would do it differently. And I don't think it's the way that you think I'm going to say. I wish I never made a second account. I used to have like my personal, which was my current handle, Alana Bloomberg, which is like the account I use like every other teenage girl and guy uses. And then I made a separate one, Lanny B Fit, which was like my fitness page. I wish I had had the confidence to just start from the account that I already had so that I wouldn't have had to have the debate with myself. Do I get rid of my old account? Do I change my handle? Do I want to just keep the two accounts like that whole thing? I wish I kind of just started on the account that I already had. Um, But I think niching down really worked for me because that's what Instagram was at the time. You had to niche down and niche down into like a category of interest versus now I think with TikTok, you are your own niche, like your personality, your lifestyle, your interests, your passions is what makes you a niche in itself. And yes, you can like lean into certain things. Like maybe you promote fitness a little bit more because that's something you're super passionate about. Or maybe you talk about body positivity and self-confidence, or maybe you talk about productivity and like career hacks. But I don't think you have to niche down so far to the point anymore where that's all you talk about. People are nosy and like want to know everything about you. And yes, they may follow you for a a certain specific like niche thing, but you don't have to necessarily like niche down now. And I kind of wish if I had started now, I don't think I would like niche down at all because I would just run with like who I am. See, I did it that way. I did never made a second account. I went directly from like, if you scroll all the way back on mine, it's just like me living my life in high school and college, which I mean, most of the high school pics are gone at this point. They're awful. <laughs> all I, mine are on my old account. It still exists. Um, I, um, <laughs> I, w- I wish, see, I'm the opposite. I wish I would have niche down and started a different account. And then I probably would have merged them later, but just to have niche down to, I could grow that community because that's where I'm struggling is because I transitioned. Like, even though I started blogging in 2018, I was still posting my regular life. And like, I was living a double life essentially. Like I was doing this whole like blogging Instagram thing, but not posting about it or blogging, but not posting about it on Instagram. So like no one found it. I was doing all of this work for nothing. And I wish I would have just done the second account and then eventually merge them. But it's interesting to see like everyone's approach is so different. There's not one way to do it. But yeah, so you started slowly transitioning to sharing more wellness. 
you're sharing journal prompts now. What was the inspiration for that? Did Is that something that you saw other people doing like, oh, I can do that? Or that came from somewhere inside of you that you were creating these for yourself and like people asked you to share them or you're like, well, I think I could share these. Like, how did that come about? I fell into journaling through obviously being involved in the wellness community and seeing a lot of my friends posting that they were journaling and they were making prompts and I really enjoyed their prompts. And so I started to experiment in my own journaling practice, creating my own prompts. And I would always share them on my stories and people kept giving me really positive feedback with that and saying, Oh, I always screenshot like your prompts. Like I really like them. You inspired me to start journaling. And so I thought I had the opportunity to start sharing them as like a more like long-term thing on my page opposed to just stories because that is only 24 hours. So then I started putting them into graphics and posting them on my feed like as a weekly post. And I actually don't post them anymore because I've been doing the five-minute journal just because that's like what my practice is now. But people really liked the um, the journal prompts. I got a lot of good feedback from it and I enjoyed doing it for like a long time, but I kind of fell out of it. And that's like why I don't post them anymore. I wasn't super passionate about it for a while. I had a ghostwriter that helped me write them because I just didn't have time to do it. And I knew people really liked them, but like, I just didn't have the creative energy to do it anymore. Um, I think that's super just, important to note when it's not, making you happy or feel good anymore. Like, all right, don't need to do it anymore. And I think there comes a time where you do need to have people in your team and help you do things like a ghostwriter, a copywriter, manager, assistant, those type of people. But if you're outsourcing it to, so you don't have to do it, I think that's like kind of a sign. Like, yeah. all right, maybe this isn't a good fit. So I'm glad you brought that up. And when did the podcast come about? Cause you have your own podcast, the morning Ray. And it's kind of a, it's an an extension of what you talk about on your social media. And it's kind of where you talk more about this journaling practice and more wellness stuff in a different medium, which I really enjoy. And I just really enjoy the podcast medium in general. But when did the idea for the podcast come about? Did that come leaving the, like the journaling era? Like, cause you kind of talk about journaling on there quite a bit. So curious, how did that, how did Morning Ray come about? Yeah. So I started Morning Ray in November, 2020. I can't believe like it's been over a year. I was curious about starting a podcast after guesting on a few podcasts throughout the pandemic. I think maybe like a handful that I guessed it on like five and they were really small shows, but I really liked the experience of being interviewed and talking, which you would think is really funny because I grew up hating public speaking. I, I still hate public anxiety. <laughs> Me over here now thinking about doing a TED talk, like who? Sorry, what? Um, but I really enjoyed the process of recording podcasts. I had been listening to podcasts for two years at that point. It would, had become a part of my daily routine in my life. And I really admired the podcast host that I listened to and really liked that forum that I could listen to something and be like on the subway or walking or working out or whatever it may be. And I also got a lot of positive feedback from anyone who was listening to my podcast. And then I think the thing that really gave me the confidence and the courage to be able to start the podcast was the feedback of my voiceovers on my TikToks. At the time I had started to go viral on TikTok for my 6 a.m. morning routine vlogs. And I used to do a lot of voiceovers on that. 
And growing up, I feel like everyone always thinks this, like your voice is so cringe. Like you hate the sound of your own voice, but I was always told on those voiceovers, your voice is so calm. Your voice is so soothing. You should start a podcast. I could listen to your voice forever. And I think that was like a huge thing that like kind of withheld me from wanting to start a podcast. So I'm like, who's going to want to listen to my voice or who cares what I have to say, you know? like those like belittling thoughts. But I had always thought after that point of starting one, I was like, I'll start it when I graduate university because I'll have more time, blah, 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 because I really didn't have time to do it. And like I posted on my story in November saying, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, but I don't have time right now. And my now friend Leah, her Instagram handle is lifestyle by Leah. She reached out and she's like, I'll do like all the admin work for you. Like, I'll set it all up. Like I'll do the research on how to like start a podcast, like distribute it, et cetera. I'll edit it for you. And you just have to record. And I was like, sure, why not? This is literally on a Tuesday. On the Thursday, we dropped the teaser. Like I bought a mic. We dropped the teaser, like a 30 second teaser. And then on the Monday, not even a week later, we released the first episode. And I have posted pretty much every week since, except for I think three three weeks, two of which was when I was sick with COVID. One was my birthday week. And now here we are. And we have like 63 episodes of Morning Ray. That's um, so crazy. It's funny because we were talking at the beginning, like we didn't really have a lot in common, but this is where we have so much in common and kind of how we've connected. I don't even know where to start, but just like you started really early. Like I didn't start listening to podcasts until COVID. So it's funny that you started way before and COVID is when you began because I only began September 2021. So last year, a couple, like six, seven months ago, I need an assistant because I remember when I first started listening to podcasts, the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, I, I really think I could do this. I enjoy talking to people. I love just like, I want to record conversations that I have with people and share them because they're so inspiring and uplifting to me. Like I know someone would want to hear that, but same thing with the voice thing. I was like, people aren't going to like that. I don't, I hate the sound of my own voice. I (laughs) like God that, that triggered me a little bit when you said that, but, but I was like, no, one's going to want this. I don't have any followers. Like I used to have, I think the most I ever had was like 4,600 and I lost all my followers at one point and I'm still trying to rebuild. So I was like, okay, no, one's going to listen. Like everyone unfollowed me, like whatever, who cares? And then I met Natalie Barbu working at Rella and she was like, you need to start a podcast. Like you need to do it. And I was like, no one's gonna listen. She's like, just start. Like, I was like, how do I start a podcast? And she was like, use anchor. This is what you do. This is what you need. So it's so funny. One day I was like, I couldn't sleep one night. And I'm back to what I said before, like my anxiety teaching you something or telling you something, I couldn't sleep for a few weeks and I'm an insomniac. And I remember one night, like I had all these, I had a note on my phone of all the people I want to have on just like Mm -hmm. all my friends people in my life, like social media friends, like I had this massive note on my phone, but I had no name. So I was like, I can't start a podcast. Like I have all these ideas, but like <laughs> there's no name. Like, how do I start? Like what? But now I knew how to start it. Like I knew to go on anchor, I knew, but I still don't have a name. And I just one day it came to me in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I want to keep it like casual. I don't want it to be interview style. I want it to just be like true to what I said before conversations with my friends that inspire me and I hope can inspire others and like that's what being candid is all about and so I remember I woke up and I went to my best friend at school because I'm in law school and so with the time thing I'll get to that in a second but I was like I went to him and I was like bouncing up a wall and he was like what the hell is wrong with you and I was like (laughs) I, I 
like I want to start a podcast he was like okay you should like you'd be great at it and I was like okay but like I need a name and he was like okay why are you coming to me and I'm like I don't know help me come up with a name he was like, <laughs> dude I literally don't care like go away I'm trying to read for class it was like 8 30 in the morning and I think this was like a Tuesday or Wednesday maybe a Monday but it was like early in the week and I was like I don't know like help me come up with a name and he was like something with candid and I was like how the did you know before I did like that's not fair <laughs> but he helped me come up with the name and I texted Natalie and I was like all right I got a podcast name she was like okay that's so exciting so what are you starting I was like I don't have time like when am I gonna do it I have the bar exam and I have school and all these things and she was like you just need to start a podcast like just start and like it'll come naturally to you I promise and sure enough it did and I have episodes banked all the way till August wow which is perfect because I need to like I I did that intentionally but also like I love hopping on the mic and just having these conversations so it's really funny that you like you were like putting giving yourself so many excuses of why not to do it but then finally you just started and like look at where it's gotten you now and it's kind of been the same for me and I'm at the point where I need someone to do the admin side I just can't afford to yet but that's a major 2023 early 2023 goal but it's just that that was funny that you said that was how you got into the podcast Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I got into to it as well what's your favorite part of being an influencer is it the podcast is it social is it Instagram or TikTok or is it just the community that you've built what's your favorite part why do you still do it Okay, I feel like this could either be really typical or untypical, but I'm going to go with that it's untypical. But growing up, I'm always the one that loves sharing all the knowledge that I had or whatever I was loving with my friends. I absolutely love telling my mom, my dad, my friends, their parents, my dance teachers, my school teachers, like everyone. Like I always had obsessions. Like I was very like an obsessive child. Like I have OCD, like very much clearly. Um, but I always love sharing my things I've learned and like teaching other people and like sharing things that happened to me and being able to have a platform with a community who is interested in hearing of what I have to say and they value my opinion and they want to learn from me and I'm able to share things to them and to receive positive feedback and like meaningful stories from them of like how I've impacted their life is everything and I think it's the reason why I keep on going. I have girls that like message me saying like I help them reach out to a therapist or ask their parents or their doctor to go to therapy or girls that have overcome eating disorders and like wanted to start wanted to get help because I encouraged them through my content. Um, I had girls that started working out after not working out and feel so much better girls that have actually gone after their goals and they message me and they like tell me about their accomplishments and I don't think there's any other position in the world where you would be able to experience hearing the achievements and the influence that you have on someone in so many different capacities. Yes, a teacher may hear from their students, you inspired me to start this in my academic career, or maybe like a dance teacher, you inspired me to go and try dance competitively or professionally or whatever it is, like very like niche. But like in my position, like I can influence someone or better their lives in so many different areas, whether it be through journaling or therapy or recovering from an eating disorder or wanting to be the better version of themselves. And these girls and got majority girls, my following's like 90% female are around my age. Like you wouldn't experience that as like a teacher. Everyone's younger than you. So yeah. it's just, it's really rewarding. 
no, I absolutely agree. And I think that's why I still do it is when I think, I think that's starting to be the shift of why people are doing it and still doing it. But at first there was definitely people that got into it because it's like, oh, free stuff and like, blah, blah, blah. And like that, it takes a lot of work. It's not, not all about just posting pretty pictures and it's really hard to show up every day and be vulnerable with people. It's emotionally taxing on you, but there's so much reward in doing it. And I agree. That's, that's my biggest struggle is I want so badly to have that community. And right now I'm really just focusing on working with the community I currently do have and hoping it grows as I, I nourish that relationship because all I want is to have a community because I was that girl too that wanted to share what I was loving or wearing or doing or reading or I, I can talk to a wall and I can mm-hmm. you, you can't get me to shut up it's funny my dad the other day was like it is so impressive to me how much vast knowledge you have about random things like it is so impressive and my professors were telling me to speak too it's like you need to go I have another meeting and I'm like, no, but like, I can talk to you about 500 other things. Like, there's so much more I want to tell you um, because I become friends with my professors and it's not just school. It's about life. And they ask me like about what I do online and they're super supportive. So um, it's funny. I was that girl too. And I'm really working on building that community. But how did you build that community? And how do you recommend people who want to build that community and be that resource for others that we are to them or other people they follow are to them? How can they how can they achieve that? I think it's really important to engage with your community. I think the most annoying thing is when you comment or DM an influencer and they don't respond. And I understand they can't always respond. I don't respond to everyone and every single thing anymore, but I used to. And I really still try to. Obviously, like there's a certain point, like I have other things in my life that I have to do that take priority. But I think it's about building these little relationships with each and every person that like messages you or comments and acknowledging it. Your first few followers are the most important it's the same thing how if you go into a restaurant like and say a new restaurant opens the first few customers are the most important customers because they're the ones that are going to experience everything that you're providing for the first time and if they have a good experience they're going to do something called word of mouth marketing which means they're literally going to tell their friends so say Sally comes into your restaurant and she has a great time she's going to go tell Annie and she's going to go tell Maria and Sarah about her good experience at this restaurant and how they should come to this restaurant. And then those people are going to come and they're going to have a good experience too. And then they're going to spread a word and it keeps reaching more and more people. So if you take care of your first few followers, whether it be five, a hundred, a few hundred, a thousand, whatever it is, it will only start to nourish a greater community and it will create that energy and spread out. I think you really attract the energy you put out. So just engaging and giving them the time of day. I think I started my account when I was really struggling with friends and I didn't want anyone else to ever feel like that. And I, based on what you've told me, Kayla, I feel like you can relate. It's really hard sometimes to connect with people and to connect with the right people. And I wanted to be a friend to whoever was struggling. And maybe, maybe they had friends, but maybe they weren't the right friends for them, or maybe they were going through growing pains. I know um, Emma Chamberlain talks a lot about this on her podcast, Anything Goes. Um, 
the struggles of like when you've grown as a person, but your friends aren't growing with you and you have to go through this period I'm in your life. currently going through that. And it, we had, that's how we originally connected on DMs. And I wanted to ask you about how you got so good at advice giving and, and being that, that friend for people, because that's currently where I'm at in my life and why the podcast was so important to me and why Natalie was like, you need to start this podcast. It's like, you love talking to people, you love sharing. And you are so as as like the good kind of anxiety of like pent up, like I need to talk to someone. And she was like, I can't talk to you 900 hours a day. Like if there's physically like go talk to someone else. And like, I love you, but like go start a podcast because it's going to be good for you because no one else wanted to listen. And I'm grateful that I've been able to really build a little bit of an engaged community and I'm fostering that. So I love that you say that because, and that, that that is how you've built that community, being able to be that big sister or best friend that they don't have, because that's my goal in life too. And that's how you and I met. So I really, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because it's definitely, it's so difficult to make friends, especially once you've grown out and the people that are they haven't evolved and you have and you have to keep going for your own sake you can't be held back by them anymore it's really difficult so I'm glad I have the social media community social media community that I've built because they are my friends now but when I don't have them in real life so I'm glad you brought that up so you mentioned it earlier you brought up that girl walks and Mm -hmm. having a wellness routine how have you and the 6 a.m. morning routines, which just baffles me on so many levels because I can't do that. But how did you like create your wellness routine for yourself? And how are you so good at not only doing it for yourself, but also sharing it with people? Because doesn't that take away from how good it makes you feel? Yeah, really smart question. Um, so I've always been someone that was like a morning person. Um, I always woke up early as a kid in high school. I forced myself to sleep in because everyone else was talking about how they were sleeping until noon and 1 PM. And I, the far, the most I could do was 1130. I think that was like the latest I slept in. And that was not like straight through. Like I would wake up at like seven and then make myself go back to bed. So I've always like been a routine person. I've always had like my routine of what I did. And I think that comes from like my OCD tendencies, transitioning that into like more of like wellness. I started to pick up on routines that I saw online and I took the things that I liked about their routine and I wanted to try my own. And it was super gradual. It wasn't like one day I woke up and had this million step routine or like started journaling and working out and having a green juice and going on a walk and all this thing, these things. It was definitely like slowly over time, like maybe one summer I started incorporating walks into my morning routine. And then a few months later, maybe I added in journaling and then journaling, I really liked it. And then maybe I wanted to start having green juice. So then I like started having the green juice and now I'm walking and I'm journaling and I'm doing my green juice. So it was definitely like inspiration from online, but I've always been this person. It wasn't like something I suddenly woke up and was like, I'm going to be that girl. Like it's always been who I am. And it's, always been what I've done. And my mom is very much the same. And so like, that's like how my family is. But in terms of like sharing it online, I've always been a creative. I went to art school from grade six to eight. And then I was in the dance program in my high school throughout the entire time. So I've always had this very creative mindset. I am very like business strategic thinking, but I do have that creative eye. But in terms of it not taking away from my routine, the clips that you see are very much like a moment in every single step. 
or I put the camera down and let it record when I continue to do what I need to do. Um, or sometimes I film after the fact. Maybe I film the clip of my journal after I've already gone through the process of journaling. Maybe I record my clothes being picked out after I've already done that. Literally today, I had my outfit on and then I was like, I kind of want to film like a picking my outfit clip. So I literally took my bra off, filmed it going on the bed and then put it back on. I so <laughs> like, it's really like small. And I, some mornings I don't film it and I'll post a content from the day before. So it doesn't guess it sometimes does interfere with my morning routine, but I also don't let myself scroll on my phone while doing my morning routine. I'm simply just going in my camera roll. Um, or before I used to literally just film straight on TikTok. Now we're a little more high tech and film on the camera roll and then edit. But it's really just a second in my morning routine. It's not the whole thing. I don't show every single thing I do, but I show like the highlights. Again, social media is a highlight reel. My routine isn't always perfectly aesthetic or put together or happens. It's a lot more put together than mine. So you're doing great. (laughs) Um, But I've started doing the like the like all, I don't know if like you've seen my reels like my going to my school OOTDs like I pick out the clothes jump in the shower and then I'm like before I get dressed I'm gonna film it um mm-hmm. just so I don't take it back off because I'm usually already rushing um <laughs> I don't normally do that but it happened today. no it, <laughs> I, I've done that too it just but like I try to do it before if not then I'm like all right it's just not happening that day um but how do you get it to be so aesthetic? Because that's my, as you can see, my lighting has changed 500 times since we've been talking because Knoxville sucks. I struggle with just starting to share that content that I want to share so bad. Like I want to create all this incredible content. And I know once I'm home, it will, because I can curate my space more, but that's what's holding me back right now. And how do you create aesthetic content maybe when you don't have such a nice aesthetic or maybe because you do how do you make it still look nice and aesthetic even when it's just little mini clips here and there because it is a highlight reel I've learned that lowering exposure is my number one friend the lighting in my apartment at night is really bad um the kitchen lighting is like directly like overhead so no matter what angle you go at you get really bad shadows So when I lower the exposure, it like softens it a little bit. So that helps. It gives it like that moody aesthetic. But I really think like having the privilege of being able to pick my furniture and having the privilege of being able to afford an apartment that's the aesthetic that I want in my content is a huge benefit. My parents' house isn't the aesthetic. Only my room was the aesthetic. I would film in my Um, basement gym which was dark and not cute people don't really care there's different niches of like audiences and I mean I'm drawn to both content I used to make my content like now it's definitely more aesthetic but before I was very much like the Emma Chamberlain approach like just like authentic and realistic and relatable and sometimes it still is but it definitely is a privilege to be able to perfectly curate your space and then perfectly curate your feed. Not everything in life is aesthetic. So you can go like the anti-aesthetic route too yeah. and be just as successful. Yeah. Right now I'm going the realistic and hot mess route because that's the only thing I can do. 
and it's funny you say that like your parents house like your room is the only one that's aesthetic and then the rest of the house wasn't that's my mom's style and my style are totally opposite and I'm moving back home and like my my lifestyle will be a lot more aesthetic overall and you're gonna see me be a lot happier and be more willing to share more because I'm happier living at home and because Miami itself is an aesthetic which is very much mm-hmm. mine and I love it but my parents house like my room is the only one that's aesthetic my parents house I'm like god mom why like <laughs> this is awful but my Knoxville apartment like it's true you say having the luxury and the privilege of picking out your own furniture I mean I picked all this out three years ago before I really got into this so I'm like this needs to all go it's awful um yeah but like I literally just moved into this apartment in the summer and of course when I was shopping for things I'm like how do I want this to look in my Instagram like what's gonna look good on like socials what's gonna make things easier for me even now I'm looking at new apartments like a priority for me is natural lighting a lighter aesthetic kitchen like yeah those are priorities for me too and I can't wait to buy my first house and be able to probably gonna have to fix it up and I'm okay with that. Fix it up to make it my aesthetic so I can share that and of course share that content of the process because as much as I love real con- being super real and showing the authentic real side because that is very much who I am and I'm not going to hide that. Of course I want the aesthetic part too. Like I want to be able to do both and I think you can do both but I was curious because you do both and how you kind of navigate that and it makes sense you work with what you got and I've embraced that because when I talked to Kayla on October she's like you just need to start posting reels I'm like but there's not anywhere cute to film she just start posting I'm like all right I'm gonna start posting but I'm pretty sure people are gonna hate this and people actually really love my reels even though it's like this ugly bed in the background because Um, they also have the bed that looks the same or maybe it looks even worse like everyone has their own aesthetic. Like, yes, like the, that girl aesthetic is very like clean and white and crisp, but you can create your own. And it's really about what you do with the camera, the shots that you take. And maybe you get like, I used to have this whiteboard that I would put all my food on, like my plates and stuff to make it aesthetic. And like, you would have never known, but it was literally just a piece of like white wood. It wasn't my counter. It wasn't my house. Like it was in my house, but it was like on something. It's the same way how like for photo shoots, like they put a backdrop so that it's clean. It could be like a, a dingy brick wall behind there. You would never know. Yeah, that's smart. I, yeah, I need to, the lighting is the biggest thing for sure. I definitely need to up the lighting game. So you have a lot of really good marketing tips, social media tips, and you studied marketing in college, correct? And you work in a marketing yeah. company now. So do you yeah. think, did social media teach you marketing? Did Is marketing teaching you social media or does your advice kind of come from a mixture of both? I think I learned a lot in school. Don't get me wrong. Um, I definitely learned like the traditional marketing route. Like if any of you listening studied marketing or know anything in marketing, like I learned like the four P's and Porter's five forces and doing a SWOT analysis and like all this very theoretical stuff. But anything in terms of social media marketing and how to engage with an audience and all these things was very much self-taught and through my own Instagram. And it's how I've landed my jobs. A lot of it has been like self-learning. I agree. I think I talk about this with Natalie a lot and I talk about it a lot on my content. And it's something I really want to create more content around is that you know, school's important and you can learn a lot from school, but the most important thing is not grades or what like program or prestige or whatever it's 
being willing to put yourself out there and try new things and learn hands-on and meet people and make those connections. Those are the things that are going to get you where you want to be. So I think that's super important that you say that, you know, it's you learning on your own and figuring it out that has gotten you where you are today. And I wish I would have done a more fun major not that necessarily marketing is fun for people who are marketing majors, but like, to me, that's way more fun than what I did, which was legal studies. Cause I knew I wanted to go to law school. And now I look back, I'm like, I could have done law school with any degree. Why did I limit myself? But then I have started this creative outlet, which I'm super grateful for because I would not be able to get through law school without social mm-hmm. media, just as an outlet and a way to connect with people because I live in a city that isn't where I'm meant to be. You have built a big business as an influencer, being on social media through sharing your health and fitness, wellness, sharing your life online. You're, you share us, you bring us along the process of, you know, moving into your first apartment and creating like the lifestyle for yourself. Where do you see that lifestyle taking you in the future? Do you know yet? Or are you just kind of taking it day by day figuring it out as you go which is fine that's what I'm doing I'm just curious um I was actually talking about it with my friend Jess and a lot of my friends are very like big dreamers and goal getters like I am and I've always seen myself working for myself at some point I don't think I ever want to just do straight up content creation I think I want to build some sort of business off of it whether it be selling a product to my followers in my community or maybe it's something totally separate from that but I do see myself working for myself being able to travel and live in different places and for me I don't necessarily want to be quote unquote rich, but I don't want money to ever be a stressor or a prohibitor from me being able to do something that I want to do or get something I want to get. I've always been very open and not not taboo about my money with my friends, with people I've gone on dates with. Like you can ask me how much I get paid on brand deals. Like I don't care. I think money's just a number, but my dream is just to like be really comfortable and be able to do all the things that I want to do without money being a problem. Yeah, I'm 100% the exact same way. And I always say this, I don't want to just be an influencer. Like I would still be in law school if I was just going to do this, which I can't afford to do this full time anyway, but (laughs) I'm going to combine the two passions and make that my career and build my, my business doing that and using my legal services as a consultant in social media and being a lawyer and also sharing the lifestyle and the fun stuff. And I think you can do multiple things. Like now we're hearing the word multi-hyphenate. And I think that's what I want to embody. I don't want to be just an influencer. I want to have multiple aspects of my career. So I'm comfortable and money never is an issue. So I think that's, I agree with you on that. And you said you want to eventually live in different places. Do you think Toronto is forever your home or just you will leave Toronto at some point and make somewhere else your permanent home? I think I'll eventually come back to Toronto or at least somewhere on the East Coast. I'm a huge like family person and I didn't get to grow up close to my grandparents and I don't want that for my future future children. So wherever my parents are, I would like to be somewhat near to them so that my future kids can have a relationship with them and my sister and her kids, et cetera. But I really would love to experiment living in as many places as possible, um, whether it be for a month, six months, a year, 
while I'm young and while I'm able to, I'm, my next move is potentially New York. I want to trial that for a month and see what happens. I'm also interested in California. I'm interested in Vancouver. For a while, I really wanted to live in Australia. Um, I was supposed to go on exchange there, but COVID stopped that from happening. But I would love to experiment living there. Maybe I don't think I'd ever permanently live in Australia. That's really far from home. Um, but I definitely see myself living and experiencing life and work and friends in different areas and different cities. And I think it's a really good way to learn and grow as a person. I absolutely, I would not be anywhere near where I am today had I not left Miami when I did and experienced the last seven years, not living there permanently and figuring it all out on my own. And I've never been to Canada. I'm dying to go. And I really want to go to Toronto and Vancouver and eventually Montreal too, because Kayla and I need to meet up, although she's in Miami a lot too. But yeah, and that's cool that New York, um, you were just in LA. I saw that for, and you were thriving, which I need to go back to LA. Mm -hmm. I've only been once and I love New York City. It's one of my favorite cities, London too. I think for you, it's Australia. For me, it's London um, that I would want to live in, but I don't know if I could ever live in full time, but do you think your move you would move to New York City just because there's more career opportunities there or just because you like the aesthetic or vibe of New York cuz aren't they kind of similar to Toronto what's it like building an influencer business in not the major cities that it's known to be in and are you moving to New York for that or just just because um, I just love like the energy of New York. I love everything that's going on there. There are like a lot of opportunities for influencers in both New York and LA. There's a lot of career experience, like opportunities, like with marketing and social media and everything. I just feel really drawn to that city. And I've learned that like, like you were saying, like your anxiety, like my gut um, instinct has been very accurate, like the past two years. And I've learned to like really lean into that. and my gut instinct right now is that I belong in New York, whether it be for a month, two months, six months, a year, a few years. Um, so I definitely want to try that out, but I just, I love changing things up. I love challenging myself. I love exploring and getting to know things. So that's why I'm drawn there. Yeah. I'm just curious. Cause like people say like nowadays you don't need to live in those cities to be a successful influencer. We've, it's been like especially with COVID we were able to create content from home and be really successful mm -hmm. with that but I was wondering if it was for those opportunities or just like on a personal note which makes sense and I I'm the same way for me going back to Miami it's on a personal note and then the influencer stuff that I have more access to there than where I currently am definitely helps and I don't think I could ever live in New York because I don't do the cold um <laughs> but I love New York so and the energy there. And I totally agree. I feel drawn to it as well. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about friendships and dating. We kind of talked about it briefly. And that's something that we've also connected over, but you give really good advice to girls who come to you who are struggling with making friends like we talked about and dating and putting themselves out there. And if they've struggled with something in the past and they don't know how to bring it up to a guy that they're seeing, but they really like them. And where has your aptitude for giving such great advice come from? Is it personal experience that has helped you get there or just, you know, were you the friend that people always went to for advice or it just kind of because you've built that community that people ask you questions, you feel comfortable 
answering them? I think it's because I've gone through a lot of things with my friendships and relationships with boys and dating. And I didn't really have anyone to turn to. I mean, I had my sister, but my sister is eight years older than me. So there was never really that normal like instinct or like desire to go and like go to her for advice. I would lean on my friends, but I also had a lot of friend troubles. So I didn't really have anyone to turn to. And so I think like through my own experiences and wanting to ensure that no one else goes through that, or if someone is going through something similar, they have someone to go to or ask advice. And I'm an open book. I love sharing about my life. And so it kind of has like leaned into that. And I love when people ask me questions and answering them and like trying to provide feedback because that's like rewarding to me. Um, But I think it really comes from my own life experiences and wanting to ensure that no one else has to experience what I went through. Oh, that's 100% the same way for me. I always say, because I've lived a lot of life experiences as well and struggles with friendships, relationships, family, mental health, all of that. And, you know, I always say, if anything that I've ever gone through helps one person, even if it's just one person, you know, that's my purpose in life. That's it was worth it for me to go through it. And I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know my purpose in life is to make an impact and inspire people. And that's what fulfills me. And if I can, anything that I share help someone, then I've done my part. And that's why I'm an open book as well. I, I genuinely just love sharing. And I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. And I know it's gone kind of all over the place, but there's so much that we could talk about. And I love connecting with fellow creators that are young like me and have all of these experiences and are open about sharing them and that we can, you know, trade war stories, but also laugh about them and connect about them. And just, we have a very similar mission that we're, what we're doing online. So I think it's really nice to just connect with people like that. And for anyone who's listening, who needs that, needs advice, needs a friend, what advice do you have for them? Those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And everything happens as it should, when it should. And you may not understand it in the moment as to why it happened, whether it's a really good thing or a thing you feel like really shitty about, you'll realize it later and you'll be like, aha, that's why it happened. But just keep moving forward. Everything will happen as it should. Whether you believe in God a higher spirit, whatever it may be, or maybe you don't just know that everything will work out as it should. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think that's a great place to end because we could keep going forever, but we both got to get back to our real lives. Um, <laughs> not that this isn't real life, but you know, actually building our businesses, our empires and achieving all those big goals that we have. So Thank you so much, Alana, for coming on the podcast. Where can everyone find you? Um, You can find me at Alana Bloomberg on everything. All my socials are now my name. So it's just A-L-L-A-N-A-B-L-U-M, as in Mary, B-E-R-G. And you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and then my podcast, Morning Ray, and Ray spelled R-A-E. Perfect. I'll link everything in the show notes so they can find you. And I can't wait to... For people to listen to this, but really just continue connecting online because you are someone that is, I really look up to and I hope that, you know, I can one day be 
what you are to your community to mine and that we can help each other achieve those goals as well. So I'm really excited to see what is next for you and hopefully come visit you sometime soon. You're so sweet. Oh my God, I don't know what to say. So thank you so much for having me on, Kayla. This was amazing. I always love coming on to podcasts. So it was really fun getting to chat with you face to face. Mm-hmm.